0: God's Word. God, you're good to us. Your Word is better than we deserve. It is effectual. It does your will. It breathes life into us. It calls us to repentance. It You use it to comfort us and to draw us to yourself. And so God, do more than what John can handle today. Use him in a way that's much bigger than what he's capable of or anybody else in this room is capable of. Open up your word to our hearts this morning. Show yourself to us. Reveal a bit of your glory today. As we talk about loving one another, God, that is a that is a big, big job. And it's bigger than me and my capabilities. I'm intrinsically selfish. I war against an others-focused mentality. But you change hearts. And you change worldviews and you change lives. And So change us this morning. Help us to see with eyes that are bigger than us. Be with John. Guard his words. Do big things. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Thank you, Pastor. morning church <laughs> morning. all right <clears throat> excuse me we're going to read out of Matthew 22: 34 through 40 <clears throat> um, we'll read the scripture first and then we'll go through the steps so that's Matthew 22:34 through 40. All right, this is the greatest commandment. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The second is the great, is, is this is the great, sorry about that. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. That's where I was skipping to. <laughs> sorry. Um, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, on these two commands, commandments, depend on the whole law and the prophets. So, um, loving, um, Love God first, let him be your first love. Meaning that, see, the Lord is commanding that I put all else aside and first love the Lord first. Um, In doing that, his Holy Spirit indwelling in me, um, how should I say, fits that. Um, See, God's love, I learned many years ago, I remember Pastor Sam speaking on this, God's love is like a waterfall and I stand under this waterfall and it's not cold, it's not too hot, it just flows down. But notice that it doesn't all go into me, it goes out. And that's how I envision God's love, it coming from him down to me and then to each, each and every one of us. Um, but as the water, that water flowing out is what I need to do to love others, um, loving myself is, is not it's not, it's not even scriptural. To be a, um, more, it's more of loving God so that I can love others, um, putting aside my sinful nature. So God fills us and overflows us with his love. And he says that in his word here. Um, <clears throat> and 1 John 4.19 says, we love, we love because he, Christ, in quotations, first loved us. So he loved us first. So he loved us first before the foundation of the world, way before we were born. He knew each and every one of us, our spirit, who we were going to be like. But he loved us even though we were yet sinners. Um, He first loved us. And that's that's a a very comforting fathering love that I I live with today. Um, So in Matthew uh, 22, uh, verse 39, the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. To me, this is like a circle. Um, God pours out his love in us, in me, in you. Then the love pours out to your neighbor and all others around you. So that love, I love God, but it's almost to me like a feedback loop. It completes itself because I love God first. He, he allows that completion of love. Um, and yes, um, this is possible. It starts by beginning each day with Jesus in prayer and meditation. So I've learned that <clears throat> in order to grow that love, I need to have a relationship. And that relationship is with Christ because he, um, his blood is over the uh, doorposts of my heart. So he, my, he, uh, he, the, um, the darkness passes over me because Jesus um, took my sin away. Um, yeah, meditation. So... Prayer meditation is is so important. That's the daily, sometimes sometimes for me it's hourly. I pray all day at work. Um, I pray if I'm in the valley, and it's tempting to really more want to do it in the valley, but when I'm on the mountaintop, I praise him for that. My knees are still in the dirt, hands held high, eyes closed, and I say, Lord, I know you brought me here. You let me be successful in this, and you brought me here. But when I'm in the valley, that's when Jesus is growing us. He's he's causing me to break. And I pray this. I've been praying this for about two months. I say, Lord, break me so you can make me. And my flesh says, what? No. (laughs) Yeah. My spirit says, break me. Break me of my old ways so that I can grow in you, in Christ. So, um, reading God's word and listening to Jesus speak in your heart. Because he speaks to my heart. And he speaks to all believers. But sometimes the noise of the world... um, the, um, the, the goings around us, the culture around us. It's um, got us going at a, mi- a you know, hundred miles an hour. And that prayer meditation, um, praying is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. So it's important to have that quiet time every day. I do it, I tend to do it two to three times a day, the meditation part. Uh, at work, Sometimes it's noisy. I go in a men's room, close the stall, and I just sit and pray. And I meditate, and I listen to what the Lord wants me to do that day. Sometimes it's bringing a, an unbeliever, talking to an unbeliever. Um, I've tried doing it my way, and it doesn't work. But if I pray and ask God to help me with that, um, he, he gives me the, the guidance, and, uh, and I'm able to, to work with that. I've, it, over, it still overwhelms me to think that, oh, my goodness, to talk to an unbeliever, it's, it's very difficult for me. But when I do it in his way, he says, r- r- you know, I may talk, but in between there may be a phrase that that guy needs to hear or a person needs to hear. So, um, And then um, hearing, uh, so listening to Jesus speak in our hearts, it is, letting, is a, it's a letting go process, letting, letting God lead as we let go of control. So in the flesh... I tend to want to be in control of everything. But Paul says we have, a, we have the flesh we die from and the spirit we live by. So in that realm, oh, help me, Holy Spirit, in that realm, um, letting go of control, not dying to my flesh, but living by the spirit. That doesn't mean I'm going to die today and, and just be with the Lord. No, it means that no longer do I live by my flesh. As a Christian, I live by my spirit. I live by Christ. And then there is plentiful life in that. Uh, I've experienced it going through so many ups and downs in my life. Um, That being my worst of the worst were relational. Um, And God has healed me of that. And I'm grateful for that. And with the brokenness, God does not waste a hurt. He He actually takes hurt and makes it for his glory and healing for me. And I've learned that in my own life. When issues, tensions, uh, tension arises, instead of reacting in the flesh with pride, let the healing and comforting arms, hands of Jesus surround you, allowing us to calm and look to our Lord. Now we have the ability to be, to be a comfort to our neighbor and those around us. So when I'm allowing the Lord to take over my heart, you see in the, script, in the scripture, uh, Jesus said, uh, love your love your God, love, sorry about that, We sh, you shall love the Lord, your God with, and it says, and I underlined it, all your heart. So that means all my heart to the Lord Jesus first. And that doesn't mean, you know, well, I'll just say it this way. Love the Lord with all my heart and watch what happens because you'll have and what I, this is what I experience in loving God first. You have infinite love to hand out to others. I'm never empty. Um, most of my days is peace and joy. It's because I do that. Because I say, you know, Lord, I am struggling right now. I got a review coming up in a week, or I got a trip coming up. I'm going to go to the border. I got to do some work. And I'm a little, I have an anxiety about this. Okay, I lean on Lord. I lean on him. And, he, you know, he takes all my weight. And, and, that, and, and that way, I'm growing in him, I'm loving him first, and he allows me to grow and, uh, and become a f- becoming a full man throughout my whole life. Um, see. I'm going to lose myself here. <laughs> Sorry about that. So the issues, tensions arise, instead of reacting in the flesh and pride, let the healing and Comforting arms of Jesus surround, uh, surround you, allowing us to come and look to the, our Lord. Now we have the ability to comfort our neighbor and those around us. Yeah, that's it there. So um, so that's just a little bit of, of i just kind of parsed, I put a little, a little of my own faith in this. I also took apart uh, the first scripture. So we're going to go to, um, at this point, we're going to read uh, F- Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Why don't you turn me? Turn or uh, or flip along with the electronic device, whichever one you have. Let's see, I gotta find it too. John, I don't know if I lost that. Enough. It's my John MacArthur study Bible. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship in the Spirit, if any affection and compassion make joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, and intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind and regard one one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who also he ex, um, existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, excuse me, grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made In the likeness of man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above all names, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow for those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So in that, uh, Paul, so, that so in verses 1 through 4, Paul encourages us being of one spirit, mind, and maintaining the same love intended for one purpose, Christ be likened. So in loving one another... Christ is teaching us how to love, right? Loving him first and then and loving our neighbors. Um, so the, the, for, I'll just speak in I and me. In my selfishness, I say, well, you know, if, if, if I can't, i got to love my neighbor. Um, and, you know, it, I struggle with that. But when I, love, when I allow myself to be Christ-centered, I am Christ-centered. When I allow his love to take precedence first, then I see how easy that is. It's much easier that way. I could never do that on my own. I was speaking, um, I went to lunch with a friend of mine, friend Ron, and um, he brought along a guy. I've been, we've been having lunch together for a while, and he's been studying the Bible. And, uh, And I told him that, you know, I go to, I'm a Christian and I go to church and I serve there at church and I'm grateful for it, and he says, well, uh, that part I don't get is, how do you, how do you love your enemies, you know, that, to me, in the flesh, that's just impossible, but in the spirit, it's possible, it really is, it's like, in this, in the flesh, I'm in the dark, but in the spirit, the light comes on, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's how you do it, so it's, it's that relational oneness with the Lord and Him and His showing us to His Word that that's possible. And I says, Yeah, I can love my enemies. I've had plenty of enemies. I've had to do a lot of stepping, forgiving them, um, and that forgiving part. My goodness, there's a lot of healing in that. Taking my side of the street and uh, and doing that, and and for having forgiveness and forgiving others. And a lot of times, there may be someone in our lives that. May always be this tensional. There may be tension between us, but if I forgive them, it helps me to love them even more. Um, so it's 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 excellent. Uh, let's see. So uh, Philippians uh, two, verse three: To be like Jesus, do nothing from selfishness, empty conceit, but with humility of mind and regard others as more than ourselves. So, and that's what I was just saying. In that sense, in the spirit, I humble my heart because I say, okay, Lord, how do I do this? It's a difficult, I'm having difficulty, you know, with this love thing. You want me to love you first and then my neighbor my neighbor, and then loving my enemies, you know. But again, God's word is, is instructional, but he also speaks to us in spirit. He's working He's a constant work in the Christian, in the Christian heart. But how much am I willing to give the Lord so that he can do his, his great work in me? Um, in each and every Christian, we're all one. Uh, Philippians 4 says, uh, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, verse 4, <laughs> we're still in the same uh, chapter. Um, do, do not look on our own personal interests, but the interests of others this goes against common culture and that's what i wrote it really does the culture says me first let's uh, what can i get out of this you know but jesus says look to the guy over there who's having a hard time he's crying over there don't avoid the tears. say hey can we, you know put your hand on his shoulder and say can i pray for you you know how many t- maybe i'll just say one out of ten times, I'd say nine times, they would say, yes, pray for me. And, and, and you have an opportunity there to be with that person. Um, even if someone over here is having a great time, they just got married, and they're, they're on the mountaintop, and they're having a great time, it's like, can I pray for you? And more, more times than I know, they'll probably say, yeah. And I'll say, well, bring your new bride over here, and we'll pray together. You know, there's tons of opportunities. But I have to be listening to my heart to allow the Spirit to say, yes, John, do it. You know, not doing it on my own. I would fall on my face in a minute if I had to do anything on my own like that. Um, so the question is, why do this? So Philippians 2, 5-11, uh, 2, through 11 look like our Savior Jesus. So as we become close to the Lord and knowing Him better, we become more like Him. I'm much more patient at home, um, I, like Paul, have an anger streak that I picked up probably when I was a young, probably in elementary school, I remember it. I get frustrated at every little thing that didn't work. I break things. Um, <clears throat> but Jesus, for instance, I'm working on the trailer yesterday. I rebuilt a trailer. And uh, I forget what it was, something that didn't go right. I don't know if it was, I got oil in my eye or something like that. I was like, what? And I was like, and I just hear the Spirit's like, it's okay. I've gotten so used to relying on the Lord, even in my work with my hands, that it's—you see—even in that little five-second window, He's working on me. So I I, I allow myself to be aware in those moments. So Romans, uh, let's flip over to Romans uh, eight through nine. All right, so Romans 5, 8 through 9, excuse me, Romans, make sure I get the right one, 5, 8 through 9, okay, yeah, But, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I often envision, and because we, because we have already been loved by Jesus, I, I envision. You know, I love visual metaphors sometimes when I read the Word. As Jesus is walking down toward Golgotha with the cross, uh, I think to myself, He's taking my sin. He's taken the lashings, and He took the cross for me. And yet, I'm still a sinner, right? But He said, you know, believe in, believe in me. And you will be saved. So, Paul, um, I'm just going to go quickly there. Um, in Paul, uh, uh, chapter ten, uh, uh, Romans. Sorry, Romans, chapter ten. Paul says, "Put it in perspective. Scratch that. Reverse that." Um, he says that if I be, if I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and speak with my lips that He is Lord, I am saved. It's that simple. Coming to Jesus is very simple. It's just that I have to give. It's a heart. It's a heart thing to come to the Lord and, and to, it really is. It's like saying, okay, I'm done with living this way. I'm living by the Spirit now in that way. So while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's so comforting. Because we have, we have already been loved by Jesus. So going to uh, 1 John 4, 18-21. That's the next one. Flip over to that. Um, it's a measure of our gospel understanding. Thank you, Pastor, for that. Um, so we'll read 18 through 21. Let's see. Uh, okay. There is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear Im- involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfect in love. We love because he first loved that, he being Christ. Um, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, <coughs> whom he has not seen. So, Stop right there. That's an example of. See, on Earth, I've had difficulty with family, and some of them I still do, but I love them. I pray for them. It's not easy. The, to the to my mind and the flesh, it's like what you know. But in the spirit, it's like that makes sense. So live by the spirit in that way. Um, so if someone says, I I will just read that again. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He's a liar. The one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, can cannot love God, whom he has not seen. So, see that that's an example. See, I can see my brother, um, so I need to love him. That's how can I love God, who I don't see, and see my brother, whom I'm to love, my neighbor, love love as my neighbor. That's an example there. It's I need to love my brother. Regardless, and this commandment we have from Him that one who loves God should love His brother also. So He's definitely emphasizing a lot on that, and that's important. It's again, it's it's taking away, it's those small bumps, sometimes big obstacles out of the way. It's clearing the plane so that I can truly love and be like Christ, because Christ is perfect. He's sinless. He didn't have those boundaries. He's looking at me, saying, John. You've got five or six of them right there. What do you want? You know, I can help you with that. Let me show you how I, I loved you from the beginning. Let me show you what to do with these obstacles as keeping you huddled or keeping me isolated and allowing me to be vulnerable in a sense and open up to his way. So, all right. And uh, John, we're going to flip over to John 13. 34 through 35. Let's see here. I just got to find it. <laughs> Romans. John. So, John 13, 34 through 35. <clears throat> yeah, I underlined it. Thank you, Lord. Okay, 34. This is uh, verse starting at verse 34. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another So giving God my full heart, loving Him first, um, what, what's happening what is happening to us as we go, do it his, his way is becoming more like Him, as I said in the beginning. We want to be like Christ, but in that in loving Him first and surrendering ourselves to Him in all aspects of our lives, our children, our family, we become more like Christ.. Um, So we become, we're becoming like Christ in that way. Um, this is our number one job. If, how can I go into the world, and I'm always bickering or gossiping at work or something like that, and I say, you know, God really loves me. He says, John, you know, you don't show it. I was like, what do you mean? Well, you know, you're always gossiping about Joe over here and complaining about this, and the world's coming to an end, and, uh, you know. But if I have a Christ-like heart, by the way, he's making that heart real. It's not just an act. It's real. It's, it's, um, um, it's a renewal of myself. It's taking myself, breaking myself, so that he can make me new again um, in that way. So, and that's the number one job to do. So... I also want to say for the non-christian if you're a non-christian today that um, this is an opportunity for you um, to be renewed today to start afresh to start a newness uh, this is and that part is also for the Christian is to say you know what I've got some things in my life that have been blocking me that keeping me from loving my loving God and loving one another there's just this It's sort of like this gray, I mean, I see colors sometimes. It's like this grayish, furze ball that's kind of just covering, gray cloud that's just covering things. And today, maybe the opportunity to look at that and say, hmm, Lord, renew that. Renew that part of me as a Christian. Maybe as a non believer, this loving the enemy, your enemy, as you you know, love, love your enemies. How can I love my enemies? Well, when you pour, when you, um, pour into Jesus and you, and you come to know him, he shows you that, both in his word, but also in your heart. There's an instruction there. There's this guidance that I get. And the guidance, of course, is the Holy Spirit. Once we're saved, Holy Spirit comes in and dwells in us. And we're a different person. We become a new man, as the scripture says uh, in other parts of the Bible. We become a new creation, a precious child of God free of blemishes, uh, white as snow. That's hard to believe, right? But he does. He renews us. We become afresh again. And every, you know, when I mess up, every day I get up in the morning, I say, God, I know what I did yesterday. I was sharp toward my bride. And Lord, let me be a better husband today. Let me be a better father Better stepdad, better grandfather, uncle, whatever it is. Um, this is this is heart centeredness, and, um, and this is what God calls us to do. Um, so, I hope I was clear about that. I kind of just moving here and there, but um, so there's an opportunity to to come to the Lord and to be invited into His family. And uh, and I hope that's uh, what you, if you'd like to do that, that's something I think you would um, be grateful that you did, I did. When I was 17, <coughs> I came to know Jesus first time, and uh, I was desperate, I had no place to go, I was, felt I was near homeless, I was getting kicked out of my house, I was in a, a very dysfunctional family at the time, and... I went to a church in the North End, and it was a wedding. <laughs> and I went in, and I sat down. They sat me down. They thought I was probably part of the party, and I sat down. And as the bride was moving this way, I had this slow progression. I could just see it at a corner of my eye, and I just started crying. I looked up, and I said, Lord, I need you. Let me be, become my Lord and Savior. Just as the people in Boston, when I worked in Boston at the time, showed me, all you have to do is ask Jesus into your heart. They just kept saying that, each and every one. That was the common note. So I said, okay, I'll just do that. And I did. I had a humble heart, and he said, yes. I says, he, And he started doing his work in me. Not that I didn't fall many times, because it's my little heart, right? But there was this little section here labeled relationships, and I kept that for myself for years. But I said, you know, Lord, it's time. I'm giving you that part of my heart. I want the whole thing. I want you to have my whole heart, and I did. And in doing that, um, I'm free. I, I, there's a sense of freedom I have every day with that, in loving God and loving as uh, loving one another. First, loving God and loving one another. So, um, how's our time? Let me just see if there's anything else. Either. I'm new with this stuff, so. <laughs> Uh, all right. When I first came to this church, um, a little over seven years ago, uh, Pastor Sam was preaching, and I'd been a while since I'd been in an evangelical church. i have been going to church hit or miss at times, but uh, I always had a relationship with the Lord. Um, I had a lot of heavy sins that I was dealing with, and uh, now I got, um, I got sobriety from before I entered our church thank you, Jesus, because um, I had been in, in a recovery program for it. Um, <clears throat> I got my first Baptist hug from Beverly Johnson. <laughs> I never figured, So every time we, I see her, I remind her of that. And it's, for me, it's, and I see Naomi, and I always give her a hug instead of shaking her hand. It's the kid in me. I can do that for the rest of my life. Some people think, oh yeah, it's the same old thing, but to a child, childlikeness—it's like, to me, it's—it's it's ref- every time I do that or I meet uh, meet some of the you guys. To me, it's a freshness that keeps coming every time. It's never mundane or the same. It's always fresh. Um, my in my marriage, every day is fresh. The difficulties God helps me with. Um, I press into Him first. I love God first, and then that. That just sets the tone for everything for me and every day. Um, so, I and I saw this on the on the board at the church uh, in our church office. First Corinthians thirteen thirteen. You don't have to turn to it if you want. Um, faith, hope, love, but the greatest of these is love. Thank you very much.
0: so we want to give you a chance to respond to god's word today um for the follower of jesus uh, he he mentioned four things uh that, he's, that we love others because of one of those is that uh because jesus first loved us uh, we we want to look like jesus and if that's what he looks like that's what we need to be about Right? uh we we Love others because He's called us to love others. We love others because uh, it's a measure of our understanding of the gospel, which is that passage in First John four, and also because it's a, a testimony to who we belong to. And so uh, we've been saying for years around here that that uh, our mission statement is nothing more than a fleshing out of our one job to do uh, the the great commandment, the great commission that we are to make disciples of all nations, and if we're going to be obedient to that, well, Jesus tells us verbatim that people are going to know who we belong to by our love for one another. So if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, we want to give you a chance to respond to God's word. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, we want you to to respond as well. But listen, you don't do that by white-knuckling your way into greater love for others. You do that by meeting the one who first loved you. And so, as we stand, uh, JB is going to come with his team, and they are going to lead us in one more song, and we'll give you a chance to respond, and then we'll dismiss. God, you're good to us. Thank you so much for your scriptures. Thank you so much for uh, John's preparation for this week. I know he was nervous. I know he was pretty much freaking out leading up to this. But God, you are good, and you equip far beyond our ability. You take us out of our comfort zone, and you do what you would do regardless of what we bring to the table. And so, God, uh, take your word and make it something that neither I nor John ever could. Work in us this week. Help us respond well right now. God, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.